Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses and reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be rocket-jumping into the past and talking about Halo Combat Evolved for the Microsoft Xbox. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. Our magazines are full and our shields are charged, so let's talk some games! Let's go! More enemies! Episode 24. And, you know, that's a great number to be on, considering we need to talk about our 24-hour stream. I thought you were going to somehow pull that into my birthday. And I was like, yeah, 24, just like my 36th birthday, I guess? <laughs> no! 24 nope, 24 makes way more sense. <laughs> They're both multiples of 12. They are both multiples of 12. Oh, God, stop. I was going to say the same thing, to be fair. Ah, shut up. Math. 24-hour stream. We did it. We survived. We did it. It was it was touch and go for a couple places, but, but we did it. We persevered. We pulled through. There were only minor technical problems throughout the night. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the streaming laptop that I have used for pretty much the last year decided to stop talking to twitch it was bizarre it said it was streaming and then twitch had nothing yeah and so we were about 30 minutes late to starting the stream we were on facebook live the whole time that is but true we were about 30 minutes late to start the stream meaning it was a little uh it's a bit tough uh yeah. To start off with, we literally had to swap laptops off from the start. But honestly, the reason I bring it up, it was a lot of fun. I really wanted to thank everyone who popped in and saw us during that time period. I, it was so cool was to so hang good, out with yeah. so many people. We had a bunch of people that popped in multiple times. Wish us good night, watch for a little bit, just pop in in the morning to say hi. It made it so much easier to stream knowing that people were showing up and saying hello. I know that yeah. there were some people in the stream who didn't say anything because they didn't want to create Twitch accounts. 100% get it. Really yeah. appreciate you still stopping by. That's still freaking awesome, and we really appreciate it. We we had some people that I know follow us on social media, but had never really jumped in on Twitch before jump in, so that was really cool to see. Yeah, honestly, just we had a lot of fun quick summary of the night if you missed it it is still on twitch if you want to watch 24 hours of fun or just skip around and find the fun stuff it is broken up into chapters at least it is, so it is into chapters based on what games we're playing we played a bunch of different games throughout yeah. the night we had some mario kart mario party halo lots of halo yeah because we had to play it for this episode <laughs> we also had worms armageddon we had mario Donkey and sonic Konga. olympics we had no we had Donkey Kong. Jungle. Jungle Beats. That got the blood going. That, I think, was at the point of delirium playing that game. Oh, Watching man. me play that game was 
Salt. In 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 our basement that has no circulation, trying to wail away on bongos at like one like, thirty in the morning. Yeah, it was like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was good timing. Um, no, so we had a bunch of games on there. I'm sure there. Oh, Gunstar Heroes. We got to play some more Gunstar together, which yep. was great. We we just had a lot of fun. Again, really just a big thank you to everyone who joined us, everyone who supported us the whole stream. Y'all are awesome. We had a ton of fun. We brought Chris's birthday in. We watched me die more than 100 times in Halo. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> we managed to consume more caffeine than alcohol over the 24 hours, so I think that's a win. That was that was slightly shocking. That is true. Big thanks to uh, producer Kyle for getting all of that stream element stuff together. So and, we can keep track of that. And producer Lisa for feeding us I was going to say, and producer constantly. Lisa for all of the food that kept us going the whole night. She yeah. was the one running and getting us caffeine. She was the one getting us food constantly, making us food constantly. So yeah. big props to the producers. Again, we've seen other people do try to do 24-hour streams. They're tough. It helped that we're four of us keeping us all going so we could all take breaks of walking away. Not even sleeping breaks, just walking away for a moment. Yeah. To breathe, but also getting food and getting drinks. Really appreciate everyone who stopped, stopped by. I keep saying that, but it, it really was awesome. It was so cool. It was so great. Like, we talked with a ton of people. We met some new people. It, it was so much fun. Like, you guys were, were in the house. Like, we were together for the first time in, in over a year. It was, it was an absolute blast. Like, a great way to spend my birthday, honestly. Like, it was, it was a lot of work. It was... Uh, it was a struggle for a couple days afterwards, but we, we did not recover quickly, but it was worth it. Well worth it. It was so much fun. Really. Thank you. But that's all we'll say about it. Check it out. There are going to be some good clips. We're definitely going to get some videos from it. We're going to do be good and actually create some videos from it. So you can check those out on the social media when they come out, but it was a lot of fun. Thank you very much, everyone. Check out the Twitch in the future. They won't be 24 hour streams, but they'll still be fun. That's right. So, GWGW Show, check us out on all the social medias. But it's now time for our video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! <laughs> Is that your tired trope? That's my tired trope of the day. Because I'm oh. still not recovered. Oh, God. Um, A week after. <laughs> so, Chris, what is our video game trope of the day? Our trope of the day is the griefer. You want to tell us what a griefer is? This is a, a very well-known trope in, in multiplayer and, and internet circles. Yes, this is absolutely a multiplayer slash co-op trope. It has to be with other real players to exist. Uh, mm. This is not something you deal with AI. And it's when that one person likes to kill other people just to troll them, basically. This can be anything from, in PvP, so adversarial uh, corpse watching, waiting for people to come back, being a jerk and just killing that one person over and over again, which is just awful. But it can also be trolling your good friends and, like, Chris and I, just killing each other for funsies and laughing. This, of course, happened in Halo a bunch. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, you know, again, you can see Constantly. on the stream. Yes. But also when we played Portal 2 together all Just the time. Open up, yep, open up portals over gaps or over pits. Purposely ending a light bridge under someone just so yep. they fall into, you know, the sludge. This is what we did. This is producer Magica, Kyle's like, way of yeah. playing. 
Oh, yeah. It's... Producer Kyle loves to do this. <laughs> and he should feel shame for that. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he that's no fair. shame. Yeah, Magica, <laughs> it happened it's, a lot. Yeah, Magica, you know, killing each other, just zapping each other. And it's not necessarily just team killing. It's just making the game intentionally difficult for everyone else around them. Yeah. Like, you know, you see it in, in RPGs where you're stealing stealing items, killing uh, PvE things so other people can't get to it. It's just being a nuisance to everyone around. Yep. One of my favorite examples is a very, very old Counter-Strike video that you could find on YouTube called Door Stuck. Just Google Door Stuck Counter-Strike, and it will never not make me laugh. Because it's just one guy following someone else and just messing with them. Just for like 20 seconds. Just messing with them. It's it's amazing. Yeah, this is something I think it can even be expanded. If we wanted to expand this definition, it's screwing with people for the sake of screwing with people. For example, when you are streaming a game and you buy nine of an item because you know that the people watching you hurt (laughs) when you only buy nine of an item, Chris. That Chris. that sounds like not my problem. <laughs> but that that's a great example. Who would be so horrible to do that? <laughs> Who would ever do such a thing, Chris? <laughs> no. Again, yeah, it could be malicious. It could be griefing tends to be more on the malicious side. At least that's kind of what the uh, It does. The official the I would say but... the connotation is t- typically much more negative, but I think in amongst our group, it's definitely more playful. It's yeah. it's us trolling each other. It's it's when we're playing games like Super Mario World or Sackboy, stealing the trophy or stealing the crown yeah. because you know it annoys the other person. It means nothing in the long run. It genuinely means nothing. You still do it to annoy the other person. <laughs> so this is... It, it, that's a really broad definition, but yeah, it, it typically is much more malicious. We don't like being malicious about it, but we do it. It's definitely part of it. Uh, this has seeped into pop culture still within the gaming realm. Uh, I think the greatest example is the South Park episode where they played WoW. It is like the central theme of that episode is that a griefer yeah. comes and keeps killing them, so the whole thing is to find the griefer and kill him back. But yeah, griefing can be malicious. It can be for fun. It's always in multiplayer or with other players that you are just wrecking people's lives, whether they're laughing hey. with you or not. So <laughs> griefing is today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! All right, so it is time to talk about the game of the episode. I feel like this is probably going to be a longer episode than normal because there's just a lot to get into with this game, not just because both of us played it together for the entire time, so we've got lots of experience notes, but what can you tell me about Halo Combat Evolved for the Xbox? So Halo Combat Evolved is a first-person shooter that came out in 2001 for, as you said, the Xbox. It was originally developed by Bungie, and it basically ensured the Xbox's future. Let's be honest. They bought Bungie basically for this game, and it established the Xbox's place in gaming society. Absolutely. The game is credited as being the main modernizing agent of first-person shooters. So the reason first-person shooters look the way they do today, most people credit to Halo itself. I can see that. And the popularity of the series has spawned 
Web comics, web series, books, films, toys, and regular comics. And novels, and a lot of things. I have a lot of all of those things. It sold 5 million copies by 2005, which was pretty substantial at the time. Uh, it's mm. obviously sold way more copies since, including the anniversary edition that came out 10 years later. Uh, all of the download, digital downloads that have since come out. It is... It sold very, very well. It is very, very popular. So I thought it was kind of interesting looking through some of the notes that originally it was going to be a real-time strategy game, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of ironic because later on, I think right around the the Halo 3 time, uh, Microsoft licensed the Halo IP to Ensemble Studios to make Halo Wars, and one of the big designers in that game was Graham Devine who we just talked about in the last episode. Yeah. So that's a fun little uh, relate back to previous episodes. Absolutely. (laughs) And yeah, and it is interesting that they really switched, obviously, genres entirely by going from real-time strategy to a first-person shooter. Oh, yeah. And that's what caught Microsoft's eye, and that's why they bought into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another fun fact, the first Halo is the only game to feature an overshield and active camo pickups during the campaign. Didn't know that. I guess it is, yeah. Overshields are represented, you see them in the game as like maroon cube sphere mm-hmm. things, and then camo is a clear pyramid. We definitely ran into them while playing. I didn't know yeah. what they were until I ran into them. It was like, oh, <laughs> I'm invisible. I never thought about how those weren't in the rest of the games. They, they kind of changed stuff up in, in some of the sequels. Halo 3 had, like, interchangeable abilities like shields and and jetpacks, unless I'm getting that confused with Halo Reach, which was in the past. But, but after Halo 3. Yes. So, overall, again, it, it's always that first game in a series is often has nuances that don't appear in yeah. the rest of the series. It's, it's what works and what doesn't. But again, it spawned a lot of books and offshoots. It, of course, spawned a lot of other games as well because it was super, super, super monumental. And the critics loved it. It, It's just, it was a darling of fans and critics alike. Uh, Metacritic had it at a 97 out of 100, which I think is our highest score that we've seen so far. It has to be, and that's not surprising in the slightest. Yeah. It won numerous Game of the Year awards, because by the time it came out, there were such things as Game of the Year awards, (laughs) including the Academy Interactive Arts and Sciences, Electronic Gaming Monthly, Edge, and IGN. GameSpot had it as the third best console game of 2001. I'm kind of curious what they had for the one and two. Yeah. (laughs) But it did win the best Xbox game, so they clearly weren't Xbox games that beat it out. (laughs) But really, it just... It, it blew people out of the water. It won a British Academy of Film and Television Arts Award. Huh. It blew people's minds. Uh, the soundtrack, Rolling Stone awarded it as one of their best original soundtracks. I could see that. I mean, you could probably argue that this had the same kind of impact that, like, Wolfenstein 3D or Doom did when yeah. those came out. Wolfenstein, for that first you know, first-person perspective, doomed for the multiplayer that launched it. Yeah. There are a lot of parallels between how, how the games have just completely changed the landscape. Yeah, those were the earlier generation, and this, again, modernized it. That brought them all back into the modern era. 
it had a huge impact and it had a huge impact, I think, on almost any gamer, whether they had played the game or not. It's just part of the cultural phenomena mm-hmm. of gaming at this point is knowing about Halo. And I think that is a great opportunity to play our Chi Ocarina of Time because we talk about this in the past of how much of an impact this game had on the world as a whole. So let's play that Chi Ocarina of Time, go back to the past before we had a chance to play it again and almost die on 24-hour stream. <laughs> And see what we thought of the game. Let's go. Ah, the sweet Chiacarina of time, bringing us back to the past to talk about the game before we had a chance to play the game again. Chris, what do you remember about Halo Combat Evolved? I'm pretty sure this is the first Xbox game that we ever played, which obviously isn't a stretch since it was one of the launch titles. I'd say we, yes, but we also played it not together at all because of when it we came out. We definitely did. We played it at the beach. Oh, God, yeah, I completely That's forgot. the first we time played. we played it. That was the first time I had seen or anything I with Halo. I forgot about the beach. Good call. Yeah. We played that the entire weekend. Oh, God. Again, this is with our family and our mom's old Girl Scout friends. And we used to go to Rehoboth Beach every New New Year's. Year's. So it was cold. So going to the beach in Delaware in New Year's is cold. It's not for the beach. And we've we've referenced this before, talking about like Final Fantasy and a couple of the other games. But this is a place where we played Halo for the first time. And I I just remember being blown away by it. These beach weekends were about immersing ourselves and about... 72 hours of video games straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all we would do. And yeah, I completely forgot we played Halo at the beach. And now that you're saying it, I'm remembering everything about it. But yeah, I remember, I mean, I don't like first person shooters. That's still a fact. <laughs> but I just remember having so much fun with this game. And I really enjoyed watching you all play as well. It was definitely a lot to watch. There was a lot going on in yeah. a good way. And so it was a really entertaining game to watch, not just play. Well, and you were also watching and experiencing it for the first time, too, right? So, like, at that point, everything is new. We didn't know the story. We didn't know how any of that worked. We call it Halo Combat Evolved because that's the official name. This is Halo 1. It's Halo 1, yeah. It's Halo 1. And so this is our first experience with Master Chief. We are first meeting Master Chief. We're first meeting Cortana, who is now a AI who talks to us through Microsoft objects. (laughs) That is... That is true. Which I I, I am 90% sure they took from the Halo series. They named their AI Cortana. Yeah, because of Halo. Microsoft owned Bungie, so. Because she was the computer that talked to Master Chief. And so they have just brought that into the real world, which is kind of crazy. This This was the first time that we played with those hilariously huge Xbox controllers. Because this was like the first gen. That was one of the notes I made was the terrible controllers. Because as much as we have hated on the Nintendo 64 controllers, I find the Xbox controllers worse. Oh, yeah. Because they were huge. Least, they weren't ergonomic yeah, like at all. At least with the Nintendo controllers, you it made sense when you figured out how to hold them. I never figured out how to hold an Xbox controller. They were massive. Yeah. 
I remember there's a Penny Arcade comic about it where it's like, we've switched their uh, Xbox controllers with a live bear. Let's see if they notice. <laughs> and it's like Tycho holding this bear, and he's like, hmm, this controller seems smaller than usual. Uh, producer Kyle just said, oh, it's fine for me because he has massive freaking hands. <laughs> Microsoft could not have designed worse controllers. No. Like, they eventually came out with, like, a Mark II that was yeah. significantly, significantly better. They had, like, the, the black and white buttons. Oh, yeah! Which they had, and they replaced those with the, the shoulder the, buttons yeah. on the new one. No, they, they definitely like that was, got a lot that better. Because, that was, like, flashlight and grenade or something like that, or grenade switch for Halo. I do not remember that. <laughs> That's the thing about Halo, though, is that despite the controllers being just awful, it was still... It felt really intuitive to do actions on those controllers for me. Like, as for someone who's not used to first-person shooters, I didn't feel mm. like I was scrambling a lot in that game. And maybe I'm slightly misremembering, but I don't remember panicking when playing that game. Is this one of the first games that we played that had the dual stick controls in a first-person shooter? Because I'm trying to think if there were any on PS2. I mean, I didn't play that many first-person shooters in general. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because they, they had the dual stick controllers on the PS2, but I just didn't play first person shooters. I didn't I never played any. So Halo was one of the first one of the first first person shooters I played, not only because it wasn't a game that interests me now as an adult, but again, we've talked about this before. Our mom doesn't like mature games. So any game that had yeah. shooting as a main theme of the game wasn't something that was gonna be regularly used in our household. Right. So I don't think we owned any first-person shooters for that kind of reason. And so this really was one of the I think first you might be right. Yeah, I had with a first-person shooter. Well, and this was big, too, because it was the first game I'm pretty sure I remember playing that had a co-op campaign. Mm -hmm. Like, a major campaign that you could play co-op for the entire thing. And I think that was huge at the time for me. I was like, this is great, because, you know, the amount of time that we've spent at friends' houses playing games... Or playing games with each other, and you there wasn't like a story mode that both of us could do at the same time. Yeah, and we talked about that. And that's this why, was the first time. We talked about that's why we loved Gunstar so much, Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. Because we could oh, yeah. do the Obviously whole campaign co op. And I just realized I'm dumb. Obviously, the first first person shooter I played was Goldeneye. Duh. Um, right. But not right, Double Thumbstick. Right. Yeah, because we played like Doom and Wolfenstein, but those weren't. See, I didn't even really play them that much. I watched you play Doom and Wolfenstein. I didn't actively right. play them that often. And I think that's why it doesn't stand out to me as games I played as like a first-person shooter. And maybe right. I'm thinking of Halo as one of my first-person shooters that stand out because of the multiplayer in general, not just the co-op, which is, again, huge. Like you said, the campaign being able to play fully as co-op is so rare even in the modern times. And I remember yeah. working, when I used to work at a game store, uh, there was one particular couple that would come in and they always wanted to play co-op games. That was something they actively looked for all the time. And I just ran out of titles for them after very quickly <laughs> because there just aren't a lot of co-op campaigns. No. And I I really think that that stinks. I think there needs to be more co-op campaigns out there. Because I agree. It can be really enjoyable to play a game with someone else it, it the experience it's so much fun when you can share an experience like that as opposed to just watching i i mean i am someone who enjoys watching people play games but co-op is just a, such a fun experience and it's cool that halo had that and i remember you guys did play that weekend 
I, most of the campaign, I want to say. We we did the whole thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we beat the beat the game. And and that's awesome. I don't think I played it at all for the campaign part. We definitely played multiplayer, four player. At least a little bit. At least a but little. But this is definitely a game I've played way more of the single player than the multiplayer, oddly enough. Which is weird for Halo, because, you know, everyone thinks Deathmatch. Yeah. I didn't play a lot of multiplayer so, for this. until you reminded me of the beach, which I, I genuinely completely forgot we played it at the <laughs> beach, my main memories of this game was in college, someone, two people had Xboxes, and we would set up the lounge basement of the building, I, the dorm I was in, and we would mm-hmm. have Halo tournaments. Not like for money, or just huge Halo just multiplayer That's tournaments. Awesome. And so we would connect them, because we had the landline in college, yeah. and so we would connect them on two TVs we had down there. And we had these massive Halo tournaments. And it was just so much fun to play on these TVs because people had Xboxes, and that's my main memory is playing in those tournaments and being awful. Um, <laughs> not going to pretend that I wasn't awful. I was awful. Um, but just watching people play and playing in those tournaments and just how much fun it was. And yeah, this was before there was online multiplayer. So the only way to play with more than four people was LAN parties. It was a LAN, yeah. I miss that. I, Back I in do the day. Miss that. Yeah. <laughs> We used to do, yeah, miss that for, for StarCraft at Diablo. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Because we're old. We did land yeah. parties. <laughs> Slayer. That's what it was called. Not Deathmatch. Ma- death I-, I mentioned in the Skyrim podcast that we did a guest uh, appearance on of how Skyrim is such a cultural touchpoint for gaming. Halo mm-hmm. is very much a cultural touchpoint for gaming. Oh, it's not even close. Yeah. If Halo hadn't been good there would be no Xbox anymore. I am convinced of that, probably. and I'm pretty sure no, they would I, say the same. You're probably right, yeah. That there wouldn't be an Xbox if Halo wasn't as good as it was. And I have talked about this before. I'm a Sony fangirl. That's never <laughs> going to change. I definitely favor Sony. I've never owned an Xbox until recent history. Thank you, Kyle. I hate you. And Welcome. <laughs> and, you know, so my playing of Halo was very much these situations yeah friends brought it to uh play mm-hmm. at the beach we played it in college because other people had systems i brought my ps2 to college so that's how i contributed <laughs> but that's the point if like i only played there but even i know so much about halo because it is such a touch point for gamers like you I know mean, master, master chief, chief is their mario yeah like master that is a great way of putting it master chief yeah. is, is microsoft's mario and he's a good mario like yeah it's yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, go back to just the co-op campaign stuff, and I just remember being absolutely blown away. Mm-hmm. And this story was so engaging. Uh, as you said, Master Chief is such an amazing character with the, you know, the blank face with the helmet. So you never see his face. You just hear his voice, and it's very, very curt things said here and there. So it's it's like... Very, it's got that stoicism of the character, like that unflappability. It's definitely a very, very self-insert character as you're playing that game. Like you are Master Chief, you're looking through his face, fighting, you know, the Covenant and what was the other one? The Flood, of course. This is the game that launched Red versus Blue, which you know launched Rooster Teeth as a network. That's Which, true. If you're familiar with that, I mean that that was, it was one of the first 
that I could think of, like machinima type videos online. No, that's a very good point. So, so we've talked about all the impact. How much of this game do you actually remember? That's my point. I don't remember a ton about the game itself. <laughs> because I, I did, I, I did only play it in small, like right bursts. Essentially, I wouldn't play significant parts, and I don't think I ever played the campaign fully. I think I watched you play the whole campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever played it myself. I think I only played the multiplayer. Well, again, as you said, you, you've been a Sony fangirl. Yeah. And I, I've had, well, I got a 360. I never actually got an Xbox One or a Xbox. whatever their new one is. Yeah. But, I mean, I had so many games for the 360, Halo being one of them, Halo 2 and 3. Yeah, and, they re-released uh, and, Halo for the yeah. original Xbox, or for Xbox 360, right? Uh, I don't even. Well, yes, eventually like they did because they had the something. they yeah they had a remastered one where it was this cool thing where if you hit a button you could toggle between the original graphics Ooh, and fun. remastered graphics. So I mean that's the version I'm going to be playing. Yeah, uh, we we have yeah a downloaded version for the Xbox Series X S. I don't know whatever the newest one is we have. <laughs> but. The only things I remember about, like, terminology outside of, like, Master Chief and Cortana and those is the Mm -hmm. Flood are the enemy. But I do know that they don't show up to, like, halfway through the main campaign, I want to say. Because, like, it's unexpected. If not not later. The Flood? What? It's like you're in the archives and they take over. I mean, that's that was such a tone shift of that game, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't quite match when we were talking about the Cerberus Syndrome for Jack 2, but it's that idea of... It's close. The tone shift of like, oh, we went from it's humans versus humans fighting, well, or whatever they are, to suddenly an alien species that's going to decimate the universe, basically. It was still aliens, by the way. The Covenant was an alien collective. Okay, But you go from fighting like, like... Like, the, the main bad guy was, like, the little grunt thing that would yeah. make weird noises. Sure. And, like, it was still very colorful and... Light? Well, not necessarily light, because, I mean, it was crazy. You get to these flood sections, and it practically feels like you're in a survival horror game, at least at the time. Yeah, no, I, I, I have heard that. And, again, it's interesting because I almost feel... So- that it stinks that it's been spoiled for me in that sense that I won't have that moment of like, oh no, right. the flood. Yeah. Uh, when I finally do play through the campaign. Uh, because again, I just know about it because almost everyone knows about it now, you mm-hmm. know, especially with Halo 2 and 3 that brought in those plots and, and 4 and 5. <laughs> I won't lie, I have not played anything past Reach. Yeah, so, reach. like, I stopped playing after Bungie wasn't involved and anymore. And then ODST was very, very popular. I do remember that. It's funny, because I didn't actually play that one either. But I, like, I know that, that was one a was Halo very, game, very but... popular. Yeah. Why am I going to play a Halo game where you're not Master Chief? Because it's really good, apparently. I guess. <laughs> I say that, and I should probably play it for, for history's sake at some point. I mean, I also probably play 4 and 5 or whatever the other Halos are. But So many Halos. I used to know the names of all the enemies, like the the real names, because I read actually I read a bunch of the books. Of course you did, nerd. I know. <laughs> the 
fact that there are book series and that the mythology and the mythos of Halo is just huge now. There's so much depth to the game. For a first-person shooter, I feel like that's really unusual. Even now, it doesn't feel like games get as deep as Halo was able to get. Uh, And that's, you know, really why I think it stood out so much. Even playing multiplayer, you could still feel pieces of that mythos and that lore in the background mm. without even playing the main campaign, which is why it stuck with you, I think. And also, it just played really well. You know, that helps. Well, yeah, it, it played well. The world building was fantastic. That's the other thing I knew. Halo was the planet. I did remember that. Yes, the the construct. It wasn't a planet. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Same thing. And also that the, the vehicle was awful. Yes, the Warthog. And I, no one could drive it correctly. And no one could because drive it Because it had... Um, it had, uh, it's, it's funny, I was going to say dual axis steering. Dual huh. axle steering. So you were turning the front and the back wheels. Which sounds awful. And I don't yeah. look forward to that. But before I get a chance to play it, we have to give our scores on it. So Chris, what would you give your rose-tinted score of Halo? I mean, it's a nine out of half. I mean, it's a <laughs> nine and a half. Look! I, I made it work. You all ruined it. It's definitely a nine and a half for me because just the impact that it had on on me as a gamer and the plot, the multiplayer, the depth of story. Uh, it's such a good game in, in my memory, and I just loved it. And that's why I bought multiple versions of it across multiple platforms. Bit PC or 360 remastered, whatever. What about you? What is what is your rose tinted score for Halo Combat Evolved? So I'm tempted with just the limited amount I play and being a Sony fangirl to give it a terrible score, but then everyone will hate <laughs> me forever. I think honestly, I have to put it at a eight out of ten. I really enjoyed any times I played it. I really enjoyed watching you play it now that I remember that. And I do remember it now of how much fun and and in depth and, and how attached to the story I felt even not playing it actively. And Mm -hmm. that is really impressive for a game. So I have to give an eight out of 10 only keeping it from being higher because I'm terrible at first person shooters. And so I'm always going to hold it against them. This is this is a nice game where it resets you pretty quickly after you die. I'm pretty sure. So hopefully that will help. Hopefully as we a, will find as an anti frustration feature. Ha ha! <laughs> Callback. So then, what do you think now that you're saying that replaying it? What is your predicted score for your current, your most recent playthrough you're about to do? The cynical side of me is gonna drop down probably to an eight, because. Looking at it now, and if you you pull away the cultural significance of it, it might have a hard time holding up against some of the newer features that have been added. Mm-hmm. I still think I'm going to have a fun time. There's zero chance I'm going to play any multiplayer unless we find a bootleg version that we can play online. I, you don't think you can get producer Lisa to play a little with you? <laughs> you know... She might be able to play some of the campaign. Doesn't mean if you play the Maybe. campaign with her. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Halo is where I learned that I'm not good at the two stick. 
I'm I'm gonna have to make a really nice meal, and <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take it's gonna take checking off a lot of the honeydew list to, to get, get producer Lisa to play play co-op campaign with me, but we'll see. So when you go back and play it again, uh, it's gonna be a long time since you've played it. You're a better gamer now, in theory. You like saying that. <laughs> what is your predicted score? I have to give it a 7 out of 10, just because I know my own Ooh. way, and I know myself. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get <laughs> real angry. And I think the only saving grace is I'm going to be able to convince, not even convince, producer Kyle will be playing the <laughs> campaign with me, because he wants to. He loves this game. He wanted yeah. to play the campaign a while ago and we had to hold off so we could do this first so this is something he's wanted to do so that will be my saving grace is that he will be keeping me alive a lot of the times that i probably don't deserve it but <laughs> i just know i'm gonna get frustrated i'm gonna get angry because i actually have to play instead of just kind of mess around in multiplayer <laughs> so i i'm going to drop it to a seven out of ten just because again I don't do first-person shooters because I'm bad at them, and I'm going to be stubborn about it. And come at me, bro. I don't care. The good news is there's a shotgun, the assault rifle, which is the default uh, human weapon, has an enormous reticle, so you're not going to be aiming a lot with that one. Yay! And there's the needler, which is homing. Yay! So so you've I got lots of options. For I poor have aiming. Do not fail. Woo. But no, I, I am I, I'm super looking forward to playing this again. I won't lie. A ton of fun. It's Hope gonna be really hard for me to not play everything else that we need to play before this. We have our predicted scores of a seven out of ten and an eight out of ten versus our rose tinted scores of an eight out of ten and a nine and a half out of ten. I am the more cynical one as typical. Uh <laughs> but now it's time to get into the game and play. I know Chris is really excited about this. I know producer Kyle is really excited about this. I will suffer through this for you, <laughs> podcast listener. I'm about to suffer through Halo for you. You're welcome. So let's go back to the present where I have suffered all of this pain. And we can actually talk about Halo after we've played it. Play that Chiacarina of time. Woo! And that beautiful music of the Chiacarina of Time brings us back into the present, ready to talk about the game now that we've played it. So, Chris, tell me about the plot of Halo Combat Evolved. I love this plot, and I'm going to give a little bit of background because you kind of get it throughout the game, but let's just frame it with what happens before this game. Because you're a nerd. Oh, yes. I've read at least four of the books. <laughs> I won't even go into what's in the books. So, humanity is on the verge of annihilation from the Covenant, which is a coalition of many, many different types of aliens kind of banding together, and they are trying to wipe out humanity. The game starts as you are fleeing from Reach, which was the last main bastion of humanity before Earth. So... This one ship, the Pillar of Autumn, is fleeing from Reach as it has been destroyed and ends up at this gigantic artifact, which looks like a big ring called Halo. 
you play as Master Chief, which it's funny because that's just a rank. It's not everyone calls him Chief because that's what you do with Chiefs, right? Yeah. But it's just a rank. Apparently, his name is yes. John. Yes, Spartan One One Seven. I don't think Spartan... they ever said that in the game, did they? Uh they did not. That's definitely in the books. Spartan One One Seven John is woken up from cryo sleep on the Pillar of Autumn. You are forced to abandon the Pillar of Autumn when it is boarded and destroyed, for the most part, by the Covenant. So you end up on the Artifact Halo. Uh, eventually, you have to fight the Covenant. You go through, you board a Covenant ship called the Truth and Reconciliation to rescue Captain Keys, who is the captain of the Pillar of Autumn. You rescue him. You go back down, you hear that there's some big secret about Halo, that it's a weapon. So that's all you know. It's a Halo's a weapon that could be used to defeat the Covenant. Ooh. You find the cartographer, the silent cartographer. So that's the map of the island. And that points you to where you go to get the control room for Halo. Once you get there, you run into these awful things called the Flood, which are pretty much parasitic life forms that take over and brainwash isn't the right word it's Eat kind brains? of like it's very much like we kept calling them head crabs they're very much like the head crabs from from half-life so they take over they're a parasitic life form that turns the host body into a monster like the brain slugs in futurama they control yes. the body correct so you find these things, and you have to fight your way through. Eventually, you meet this little flying robot called Guilty Spark, who says, Oh, great, you're a reclaimer. You're one of the forerunners, one of the ancient races that originally built Halo. And we need to activate Halo to defeat the Flood. You get to the place where you do that, and then you find out through Cortana, which is an artificial intelligence that has been riding in your armor for a while and then you kind of leave her in in the computers whatever goes to the machine blah 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 you find out that it is a weapon to defeat the flood in the sense that it kills the flood's food and what is the flood's food all life in the galaxy so i want to think it's i want to point out you missed a crucial detail here that the reason the flood get out is because oh, Captain yeah. Keys is like, it's going to beat the Covenant. And Cortana's like, don't do it. It's don't go in there. And he went in and released the Flood. So it's kind of all his fault. Throw on that That's fair. Absolutely fair. He's the, he's the root of many of the problems we encounter in the game. Can I just throw that out there? He's a great character in the books, but he was kind of stupid in this game. Very stupid in I this game. I will say that. <laughs> So you decide that you don't actually want to, you know, destroy all life in the galaxy, but Guilty Spark wants you to do that because that's the only way to contain the flood. So you figure out that you can destroy Halo by blowing up the Pillar of Autumn, which had crash landed on Halo, and you have to go and essentially fight through now the flood, the Covenant, and Guilty Spark and his minions. And it's a three-way the of battle, four-way yes. battle. There's, there's a whole lot going on. <laughs> Eventually, you blow up the ship. And as far as you know, you're literally the only survivor. 
the other thing is, of course, when you're trying to blow up the Pillar of Autumn, you need some sort of information from Captain Keys, who has been recaptured again for, like, the third yes. time in the game. he was taken over by the Flood. And you get to him, and he's been assimilated by the Flood. And it's kind of body horror and terrifying. Yes, the, well, the whole idea of the Flood is is total body horror and awful. It's awful, and basically you get to watch little videos in the anniversary version that are like, look how they tortured him and ripped him to shreds in his mind. And you're yep. like, oh, that's nice. I know, I was I was going very, very briefly over both. I felt really bad because you were like, should I write up the notes for the plot, or do you want to? And my brain's going, I mean, I know the plot, so you don't really need to write notes on it. But it was also good for me to remember everything. Again, yeah, that's it, fair. It reminded me how much Keys is an idiot. Oh, well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but that's the basic plot of Halo. Master yeah. Chief and Cortana survive. Yeah, Cortana, I feel like I brushed over. Cortana is an AI that you yes, said is it. incredibly and we, smart. We, it, to yeah. be fair, we talked about it in The Rose, and we were 100% correct that yeah. Cortana is your artificial intelligence that guides you throughout the game that is also a cultural almost as much of a cultural touch point as master chief ended up being hence why microsoft named their ai cortana yep we've gone over the basic plot of halo there are a lot of details we of course missed because we always it is do. so deep like the the world building in this game is phenomenal like and and most of it is a a show don't tell for the most part which is my favorite type of storytelling. Well, that's why it sticks with people. That's why people remember yeah. it. That's why people replay the campaign over and over again. Yeah. And because it, it's not necessarily for the mechanics of the game that you replay the game over and over again. <laughs> I mean, the mechanics were bad. No, but... the, the actual, again, first person shooting part of it was actually pretty smooth. Switching weapons, aiming. It was relatively forgiving for people who are terrible like I am. And yeah, and it just, it, it kind of leaps and bounds in that sense of the switching the weapons, the way it moves, the two axis, the, mm -hmm. the being able to have grenades as well as shooting guns, as well as your flashlight, just the, the capabilities right. it gave you. Um, it was really neat. Uh, we talked about this in the rows, but having co-op campaign was huge. Absolutely. Being able to play the whole game in co-op, the whole campaign, it wasn't a different campaign. It was the main campaign in co-op. And as I was doing the research on this game, I found out a really kind of cool thing about that is the canon explanation for co-op is that it's an alternate universe where the sniper soldier Linda actually survives off of Reach, which she doesn't in the main campaign, doesn't in canon. Mm -hmm. But in this alternate universe, she survives, and it's her running around as your co-op partner in, in, in the games. And that's really cool that that is the official explanation is it is a separate universe that where is, a second yeah, person that is survived. so cool. So I cool. did not know that. And when I saw that, I was just like, it's Linda from the books. Like, she's the sniper in the books. She's another Spartan. She's not a Master Chief because that was only John. Yeah. But... No, and, that's, and that's that's really neat. That they built that in, and and in the anniversary edition of the game, you can actually go up to the cryo tubes, and it says John, as it always has for Master Chief. Mm -hmm. Well, it says Master Chief, and then it has Linda listed in the second cryo tube for co-op. So again, it is a hundred percent canon that in yeah. co-op it is Linda, and that's 
really cool. And the campaign was a ton of fun in co-op. We had a ton of fun playing this oh, game in co-op. Oh, so good. I mean, that's why I definitely wanted to play this. Why we made it such a big part of the 24-hour stream. Because the two of us being in the same place, being able to play that entire game through together was, was so a blast. Fun. It was like, so much fun. And I uh, think for someone like me who I don't I, I I've said it a million times on this podcast already. I don't love FPSs. I'm not good at them, so I don't love playing them. And I struggled with Goldeneye. I mean, yes, the controls mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but I just couldn't keep doing it. I wasn't good. I got frustrated. Because this was co-op and we could play the whole campaign. Even when I'm not good, you still were good enough to carry us at times. I I contributed. I'm not going to say I'm gonna. I contributed. I didn't do nothing. But the point is, I got to enjoy the campaign without yeah. stressing, without cheating, without just having to watch. I got to play the campaign and still enjoy it, even though I'm not great. And it's a really quick turnaround. Like yeah. even in the single player, it's a really quick turnaround after you die. It's, we we talked about this in in Jack Two, and Jack and Daxter. Like you die, you don't go back that far. And if you're playing co-op. You die, and then, you know, it's like, oh, you can't respawn when when your co-op partner is in combat or near enemies, but, like, all you have to do is just kind of go backwards enough where you disengage from combat, and your partner just respawns. Yeah. So it's really, really easy to get back into the action. And it's forgiving, it's more forgiving than games like, you know, the, the old school Golden Eyes and stuff like that, because there is health, but there are shields, which come back. So, you know, your shield gets knocked down, you run away and you hide, and you get that back, which is incredibly helpful. Yeah, again, there's the forgiveness is really nice. Yeah. uh, Because, again, when you're not great, having that additional help is really nice. Um, And it was a lot of fun. And, again, the... I talked about it uh, in the rows, but the controls were relatively intuitive. It felt natural. You learned them really quick. I didn't question them once I learned them. Apparently, by playing co-op, we did miss the intro where they explain this is how you, this is how yes. you jump, this is how yeah. you shoot, and we missed it. Which again, they build it in very similar to the other games. Uh, there's other games that do this where they build in your tutorial essentially by being like, since you're coming out of cryostasis, let's yeah. check to make sure you remember everything. Like, okay, it's the we and, missed that. Uh, yeah. And we, I mean, we didn't really need it, but I think the big thing with that is inverted controls. Yes. It's like, look up and down. Do you like this or do you like the other way, inverted? And then, so that's, it's, it doesn't take too long. I, no, it's, it's, Again, it was really intuitive once you got yeah. used to it. We went through it. Moving around was easy enough. Well, they, they do the thing where you have to duck under something and it's like, oh, by the way, click R3 to duck or now you have to jump. And this is all when you don't have a weapon either. So, like, you leave the cryo chamber and the ship's under attack and you just don't have a weapon. So you, you figure out the movement and you get to look at everything that's going around. Like, you, you're not just instantly blowing everything away. You're like, oh, my God, here are the Marines shooting at whatever these aliens are. So there are grunts, which are the tiny, squeaky, methane breather things. Those are kind of your cannon fodder. Like, they'll gang up on you in groups. But then they run away. 
they do run away, which I thought was a really cool AI that they programmed into them. If you kill their elite that they're with, which is like a tall, and big they and often tall, had swords, which was they fun. they they had swords, they had shields, like energy shields. If you kill an elite and he's surrounded by grunts, the grunts will flee in panic. Uh, they had jackals, which were little bird-like things, and they had like a energy shield, like your stereotypical like shield shield. Um, like a fixed shield. I don't even know how to say that as opposed to a, a body shield. It was a uh, round shield that they would shoot through. And then Hunters. That is the last one, which are big, gigantic, plodding beasts that have... That are mean. Uh, yes, that, that have a gigantic metal shield and a really big gun. And, and they're they always, always in pairs. They always come in pairs. Again, the AI in this game was really incredible, honestly. Like, yeah. To have the AI be as smart as it was back then. Again, the grunts running away if their elite died. The fact that the hunters always came in pairs, but if you killed one of the hunters, they were more likely to rush you. Like, as yeah. soon as you killed the partner, suddenly they're like, well, now I'm mad. And that it's smart enough to do that. And it was... They were... You had to approach them differently, which is always yeah. nice when you have to approach different enemies differently, which not all games do, to be fair. Right. So it was really interesting to watch the Covenant and see how different they are. And then you get in a new enemy of the Flood, who are completely different. They bum rush. Completely different, yeah. I remember you telling me, you're like, switch which grenades you're using because right. the Flood are going to run at you, and if you give them a grenade that blows up as it's stuck to them, they're going to kill you because they don't Because you had, yeah, you had the, the two different types of grenades. You had, like, a frag grenade, which was the human one, which was just throw and explodes, and then the Covenant grenades were, like, sticky grenades. Yeah. So they would stick to things. And if you and... threw a, a sticky grenade at a flood that's running at your face, it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah. Bad things happen. And friendly fire is a thing. Friendly fire is definitely a thing. Hence the griefing. We, we, tested, we tested that out early and often. <laughs> well, to be fair, at some point it became a tactical decision when you're like, you're low in health and there's no enemies around. I'm going to nail you in the back of the head to bring your health back. Yes, because a melee attack to the back well, is an instant kill. And sometimes it wasn't with any warning, Chris. It's a fun way to mess with someone, especially if you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I think it, I waited all of, I don't know, 30 seconds after we got our first weapon. And yeah. it's like, let's test out that melee. Wham! And you're oh, like, no. did you just kill me? It's yep. like, yes. <laughs> what, what just happened? <laughs> the number of times I would spawn and Chris would be behind me and just kill me as soon as I spawned and be like, really? It wasn't that often that I did that. It's more than once. It was more than once. <laughs> it was mostly when I was bored when we were going from one place to another. It was mostly when you knew that I didn't have any new weapons, so you're like, oh, I can oh, kill yeah. her and not lose yeah. anything. <laughs> There's no consequences for this. Wham! But... There, I don't know how many different types of flood. There were the little head crab things that were small and spawned Four. everywhere. There were the the pods that exploded into the head crab thingies. Mm -hmm. These are which the would really... blow up grenades. They would blow up grenades. They would blow you up. Yeah. These they would the... blow each other up. Okay, my names are the technical terms, by the way. <laughs> 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 then there were. I don't know the larger elites that there were. Not there the were two flood. There were two types of combat forms. 
Yeah. There was, yeah, like the, I think they called them like the infection forms, which were the head crabs, yes. which were the, the tiny little things that could do a tiny bit of damage, but they would come at you in five to tens to dozens. And they'd and ruin the big your thing shield. With those, yeah, that's the big thing. So your shield doesn't regenerate, or rather your shield regenerates until you get hit by something and then immediately stops regenerating. Yeah, and so they so would just keep... If you're surrounded by those things, yeah. Ugh. So basically they made you vulnerable to someone else hitting you. That was Correct. their big yeah. thing. Um, yeah, and then there were two of the bigger ones. That you had You had when the infection forms would take over a human... Versus taking over a Covenant Elite. Yeah. Those were the two big things. And and really, in the in the Anniversary Edition, you could look at the detail of those. And it was, like, we talked about body horror. It's literally, like, faces on the side. And it's... It was gruesome. It's, yeah, it's like David Cronenberg body horror Yeah, they really nightmare. leaned into that, unfortunately. Yeah. That was rough. And then the third enemy you end up facing, as we said, is best friend Guilty Spark turns on us. Definitely never anticipated him turning <laughs> on us. Totally didn't call that happening at all. Uh, he turns on us, and you're fighting the sentries, which are like flying robots, essentially, that just zap you. Yeah, sentinels. Sentinels, thank you. So... They that hit was you with a, a frickin' laser beam. Laser. No, again, going back to the AI, this was really clever, too, because you would literally walk into battles and be watching the three of them fight each other, and you're like, I'm just yeah. gonna stay back here. <laughs> it was it was really actually neat to watch, like especially in the big open areas, to just watch like a three-cornered brawl. Let, it, let it them was, fight it out. It was out. cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna stay back in my corner. <laughs> But well, and it's interesting, too, because the different enemies required, as we were saying, different tactics, different weapons. Yeah, different weapons. Because, like, you know, the Covenant, the elites, especially with the body shields, things like assault rifle, so, like, high high rate of fire, not necessarily high damage to get the shields down and knock them out. That was good for that, but then you got the shotgun once you got, you didn't get the shotgun until you met the flood, and yeah. then surprise, surprise, the shotgun is pretty much, yeah, amazing against the flood because you know what's if, good against everyone? A rocket launcher. <laughs> I got I the clip, rocket launcher. It was. Fun. I, I have to clip the first time we found that in the game, and I went, "Oh, here's here's your weapon of choice right here." And you were like, "What?" It was like the rocket launcher, and you were like, "Yay!" <laughs> I'm and very then I went, simple. you go first. <laughs> hey, I took out a lot of people with the rocket launcher. You did. And it's, I mean, it's, it's great for, it's great. for hunters and just crowds. Yeah, crowds were in a were the panic key. when you hit a random elite with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good. No, it was being able to switch up the weapons. And then they switched up the enemies a lot, too. It was yeah. really clever on, like, at the very end of the game, Flood started using invisibility, which they had never used before. And you're like, yeah. when did this start happening? Because they had taken over Covenant, who could go invisible mm -hmm. elites and stuff. And it's really clever that they had those little ways of making the game harder as you moved on without leveling. There was no sort of leveling in this game, of course. Right. But it got harder when these kind of enemies were smarter and doing things you weren't expecting. And obviously quantity there were just more of them yeah but it was really interesting getting into that one thing we haven't discussed in the present we talked a little bit about in the past though are the vehicles oh boy 
And we had, yeah, we had talked about these. And so, obviously, what what's the vehicle that everyone thinks of? We talked about it in the, the rows. The Warthog. It was just as awful as I remember to drive around. Oh, God, it was impossible driving that thing around. Like, you made me drive for a while, and it was... I did. It was <laughs> rough. Just getting stuck places, not knowing how to turn properly. The controls were awful. Yeah, it's... It was, like, it's... You drove it by looking in a direction, and eventually the Warthog would get there. But it used... It used two-axis steering, so, like, your front and back axis would, would turn, which is just really awkward if you're not thinking about it. And it was, yeah, just awful to drive. This, oh, God. So that was the, the one, and I think that's notorious for people thinking oh, yeah. of bad vehicle placement. The other thing, fun thing is AI can join you there, and these are the less smart AI, so these are your fellow soldiers who could sometimes join you in the Warthog, and they yes. would, like, be an awful gunner. Uh or, like, the passenger, and you just kill them, unfortunately, as a passenger. They didn't really do anything. You just kind of let them die, unfortunately. Uh, and they, they would never... There. They would, like, not leave half the time? Yeah, you couldn't get them out. So I had to, like, yeah. a couple times they took my spot, so I had to force them out. Yeah. But apparently we didn't have to deal with this because there were two of us. But apparently if you're playing a single player, they will sometimes drive you if need be. And it's awful. Don't do it. No. Hey, shit. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> as bad as those things were to drive. And I think the reason everyone remembers the Warthog more than any other vehicle is A, you use it the most, but B, the final level of oh the game God. is a Warthog run. Why? It's, awful. it's I Why? I absolutely remember that and it's Yeah, you've got it's not even just a Warthog run, it's a timed Warthog run. You've got like five minutes to get through this gauntlet and Oh, God. The, the, easily the worst vehicle to drive in the game. Yeah, and, and this is probably one of the worst times for co-op as well, because only one person drives the Warthog. I mean, you could have two Warthogs going, what's the point? So the second person riding, we found out there's literally no reason to kill anything. You don't need no. to. So there's nothing for the second player to do. And that's when I discovered that riding in the passenger seat of the Warthog is awful. It's, oh, a, it's a terrible God, perspective. It's the perspective. I couldn't look at my own screen. I had to look at Chris's because <laughs> it was awful because it's still first person. So yeah. you're just like jumbling around. Whereas if you go in the gunner seat of the Warthog, it goes to third person actually to kind of shoot. Right. And, oh, God, trying to look at the first person as a passenger was just, just awful. Yeah. it's It was obnoxious. Like... So one fun thing that we did in our playthrough is we kept track of the number of times each of us died. I think it started with with one of our uh, friends of the show pointed out the first time when I, you know, smacked Katie in the back of the head and killed her. Our friend said, Katie death one, Chris death zero. Yeah, no. He like, started manually tracking laughed. it. And we were like, well, yeah. it's time to add a tracker. So producer Kyle added an official <laughs> tracker. We had a button to keep track of it at one point but i will point out this shows my improvement through the game at one point in the game i had about seven deaths to every one death chris had yes by the end of the game and by the time we were getting into like the meat of the game i was about four deaths to every one death that's an improvement it, no it was definitely it. you definitely got better and then and we were holding steady 
I will say holding steady, but we were on. I mean, it definitely ramped up, and again, this is kind of shows the difficulty curve. It definitely got harder oh, later got way in the game. Harder. We also got way more tired. Like oh. again, I definitely remember just walking off of cliffs a couple times <laughs> because it was like it was probably like one in the afternoon, so you know we're we're like sixteen hours in. Yeah, we were bordering on delirious at times, <laughs> uh, and we got to the point, yeah, where. I was getting close to a hundred deaths and we're like, I, cause I was greatly offended when one of the users <laughs> and as much as we love everyone joining us in chat said, I was going to hit a hundred deaths before Chris hit 20. No, that was not true. That was not I, true. I don't remember what, where were, I was probably closer to like, I, I, I don't know where I was. 20 deaths when I was at about 75 deaths. Yeah. So and I guaranteed it because Chris walked away from the screen and I killed him for his 20th death. <laughs> so, you know, to be fair, though, after you did that, after I killed you, because I just, you know, punched you in the back of the head, I yeah. took your controller, picked up all of your stuff for you again, and then put you back where you were. So it's how, how nice of you. I need to carry that clip. Yeah. <laughs> So, but then we get to the, we get to death 100. It was inevitable by the end because it was getting a lot harder at the end. It was way towards the end. Like this was going, Probably we were, we were in the mall. Chapter. Like we were in yeah, the second we were, to last level. We were late and Chris and I weren't paying attention, but the producers <laughs> were and producer Lisa snuck away, snuck back. And so on my hundredth death, which we knew was coming, we hit the, hit the button to say Katie's died a hundred times. And then suddenly I hear some bubbly pop in the background because popping of champagne opens pop some champagne in honor of my hundredth death, which was hilarious, but also like really I feel attacked. But I, I think your line was I both love and hate you. For yeah, that. no, it was perfect. It was perfect. But then <laughs> this, after that, that point, that is clipped on Twitch, by the way. So find that on Twitch. Yeah, and because we'll it's literally it like a hundred deaths, yay! Kyle does the soccer clap, and then all of a sudden, boop! And we're like, "What? What? Oh my god!" It was perfect. It, it's after that point that we really got to that final level, the warthog level, and I think we each added about twenty deaths. Oh yeah, in that last level, alone. just in the last and again. It, it was just five five minutes of gameplay. So quote unquote. frustrating by the end. Yeah, there's nothing you could do but try to drive and make it through. And it was just difficult. And the warthog is so unwieldy and you spun out. Cause if you went too fast, you'd, you'd flip. And it was, just... yeah, it was so easy to flip it. It was so easy to get and there into were a ramps PIO. That, there were ramps that looked like they should go somewhere, but you really couldn't make them go somewhere. So you just flipped. It was just, ah, so that's, I think, why the Warthog is so notorious. I mean, the controls are bad, but I don't... I think the fact that it's literally, like, the last thing yeah. you do in the game is a five-minute Warthog section that I doubt takes anyone just five minutes unless they're, you know, really good at this game, which we're not. So... And Chris was way it's better than me and still struggled. But the game was really fun overall. The music was freaking incredible. Like hey, the music is just epic everywhere it's, from it's so the opening epic. theme to it. Like, it reminds the, me a lot of, of going the star Wars route of like, we're not going to get video game music. We're not going to do like sci-fi music. We're going to do almost right. orchestral music to match this. And it's perfect. And it's amazing that they did it. And I love that they chose that route because it, it yeah. fits so well. And that's why it won so many awards. And that's why it sticks out in your brain. And it's, it's so 
it fits so well. Yeah. Despite you thinking it shouldn't fit so well. Right. It is so fun. And and we, I, I'm sure we are doing a great disservice to this game because neither of us really had a chance to play the multiplayer properly on this Well, that's through. true. And... <laughs> Well, that is your pure, your memories of the game we played were really of the campaign. Mine really were a ton in college of the multiplayer. We didn't, we just didn't have the opportunity to do that this time. No. So that I I feel like we are doing a great disservice to it uh, by not discussing it. But I'm going to throw it out there. It's gonna be. It, it would have been fine. It would have lived up the same way the rest of the game lived up because the controls are the most important part. And yeah, it, it would have felt fun. And I, I miss those couch, you know. Gate, those couch multiplayer games we always talk about that you fa- you could play with your friends. I'm pretty sure you could do four screen split on this game. Yeah. Like it was, it was a classic, and I I feel bad that we didn't get a chance to really dive into that this time. We're going to give it the credit it probably is due. It still would have held up. I mean, it it definitely revolutionized that as well. Maybe not revolutionized, but it's definitely known for that. I I don't I won't say I don't care, but I never cared as much about multiplayer. Same thing with like the Call of Duty games. I almost never play multiplayer with that. It's I always looking back through our VOD of this and I I didn't make it through the whole thing, but it was just like, man, we had so much fun playing this game and I'm just enjoying just watching it again. Yeah. Because it it's it's such a good fun co-op game if you're not taking it super seriously yeah like, and i it's just it was a fun and easy game to play it's a great game to bring someone in who might not be a huge mm-hmm. first person shooter fan and bring them in it it did it reminded me a lot of us playing together in borderlands in the sense that there was more to the game than just first person shooter it yeah. had a plot it had things to it it was it had a personality and i think that's something that in my opinion modern shooters don't have anymore they don't have a personality anymore and Mm -hmm. and this game did and it was fun and the different weapons you could use because even though you're the same character you and i regularly chose different weapons throughout the games like i said the rocket launcher for me i used the needler a lot because again homing missiles really helpful (laughs) i but it's things like that that are really nice that you can personalize and work your character to fit your style of play which is really awesome and, I and it's a that, it's a silent protagonist too, so that's uh, as he talks every once in a while, but for the most part, he's a silent protagonist. It's not, it's it's as you were saying, you could create the character like he's there, but it's still you know enough of a self. And, yeah, it it's not like a lot of these games where it's just like a one liner every time you kill someone or something like that. So I think we've gone over a lot of stuff. We've talked a lot about it, but I think it's time for scores. Chris, what is your final score for Halo Combat Evolved? Again, mostly focusing on single player. We're just going to have to put it out there. You predicted it was going to be an eight. What is your final score? I'm going to give it a nine. I really wanted to give it a nine and a half, but the the last level... (laughs) With with the stupid warthog just knocks it down a half point. I mean, I thought the game is so fun. It lived up to everything I remembered. It just that last level is such such a crusher. Like, and really, the difficulty level is pretty good. The difficulty curve, I should say, is pretty good. It definitely ramps up a ton. Like, it's really interesting to see 
uh, our two death counters just absolutely skyrocket towards the end when you get into those really, really big open areas. And it's just chaos. And one, of, one of the great moments is when, like, the Flood picks up a rocket launcher for the first time. And I remember telling you, don't just take a Banshee straight down that tunnel because there are rocket launchers. To be fair. And you're like, they probably can't hit me. No, to be fair, I did it consciously knowing I was likely to get blown up because I thought it'd be funny. That is fair. I did refer to you as bait multiple <laughs> <You> times. <laughs> Either bait or a blade of armor. <laughs> I think there was at least one clip where I just said, all right, get out there, bait. You did. 100%. Um, how long do you think the last level took us to complete? Producer Kyle has notes. Oh, God. Just the driving segment. Just the driving segment. I'm going to go with... five minutes, in theory. Yeah. I'm going to go with 90 minutes. I, I have to I have to say around an hour. Yeah. Exactly an hour. Nice. Which, <laughs> if you look at our chapters... I think we took like 10 and a half hours, 11 and a half. 11 and a half hours. So literally like the tail end of the last chapter took an hour. Uh, yeah. Almost a 10th of Ooh. our entire play time. <laughs> Ooh. You know, like 13 chapter game. <laughs> Although I guess that counts. Um, I guess that counts the library that we had to do twice. Oh. That's that's another reason I'm knocking it down from a nine and a half to a nine. The library where you essentially first meet the flood in an extended period of time is the biggest slog. It's it's like four levels ish. It was brutal, but it's just repetitive and oh god. It just kept being which, like which is funny because like, stay here. Yeah. I'm gonna go, and you just have to stay yeah. there. And it was. Bleh. And we made it three quarters of the way through, and then the Xbox froze. And we had to do the whole damn level again. And that's because of co-op, because the way the play co-op yeah. is only with chapters. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a good reason to knock it down a little bit from the 9.5. But a 9 is still a really solid score. Oh, it's a solid score for a solid game. What about you? What is your final score? Your rose score was an eight. Your projected score was a seven. What would you give it? My final score is an eight. I'm really surprised by that. I really <laughs> thought that I was going to hate this game because I don't like first-person shooters. I really struggle with them. Mm -hmm. But as I said, it was so much easier. I think I would have given it a way lower score if it had been just me. If I had been That's trying fair. to play this game by myself, I wouldn't have given it a high score, which wouldn't have been fair necessarily, but uh, it would have been life. It, I yeah. really had a lot of fun. We had so much fun playing this game. As so bad as I was, the game was forgiving enough, especially with co-op. It was forgiving uh -huh. enough that I didn't get frustrated at times until the very end when we kept dying over and over again in the stupid warthogs. But, like, overall, the game didn't frustrate me, which made it a mm. lot better. And I enjoyed it. And I had a lot of fun. And... It, it is the plot is way more memorable than I would have thought for a first person shooter. And mm -hmm. the music I knew was great, but it integrates so well into the game and it just feels natural. And it's just, it's a fun game. I had a lot of fun. It's an eight out of 10, which I didn't expect to give. <laughs> it makes me sad that we had to turn the volume down so low. So it wouldn't echo on the stream. 
I say that, and I am so glad that through whatever timing, and we kind of timed it to be where it was, but just that we could play it in person together, it 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 made it made the playthrough like. It made it so much fun, and it was it was great yeah. for the twenty four hours. It was great to have one game that we could go back to and play through the whole thing, and we had a mm. lot of fun. I think the clear answer, final verdict for both of us is play this game. It's still so oh absolutely uh, play, play this series. game. It's I I don't know if I'll play through the whole series. I probably will get suckered into it by producer Kyle because he really loves the series too, and I think he'll want to play the co op or he will drag me onto the co op with him. Um, so obviously there are there's there's more to this series, right? There's like so I think we. Many more. There's there's Halo two and three and then ODST which is you're a uh, marine instead of a Spartan. There was Halo Reach which was a prequel to Combat Evolved. There was Halo four which came out afterwards which was not made by Bungie. It that was, was the after... first non Bungie. Yeah. And then did they make a Halo five? Honestly, I stopped paying attention after Halo Reach because, you know. Bungie left and I didn't care. I say that and yes, there is a Halo a... Five, and then the newest okay. one is Halo Infinite. That is yeah, about to come out. For that's the Xbox about to come Series out. X. S. Yeah, I I never played I never played Halo Four. There's a Halo Wars Two apparently at some point. Yeah, it did fairly well. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. Halo Wars Two was not developed by Ensemble. Ensemble was shuttered after the mess that was the development of Halo Wars. So, but yeah, again, obviously it was a crazy popular series. It spawned yeah. a lot of series. It spawned a lot of sequels. It spawned, as we said, media of all sorts. It really, we talked about in the rose how much it spawned. We talked about it here, all the books and the comics and the TV shows. There's a movie ever planned. Who knows if it'll ever come out? It, it I just, mean, the movie. They've talked about the movie for as long as the you know as long as the game has been out. But it is. A game that is well worth playing if you have the chance. It was a lot of fun. Try a co-op if you've never co-opted it because it is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. So we definitely recommend playing it. It is out in Xbox stores out there if you can get it. If you get any of the newest Xboxes, it'll be out there. You can download it. Otherwise, I think it's time to announce what our next episode is going to be. Our next episode is episode 25, which is divisible by five, which means we're playing a Final Fantasy game again. Final Fantasy, which I know before we were doing on the 10s, but we realized we're never going to get to all of them if we keep doing it on the 10s, so we had to move them <laughs> to the fives. So it's we're, time. We're way too impatient. It's time for Final Fantasy four. We have started playing it. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It, it's, it's Yeah. We're behind the eight ball. I know that. This 24-hour stream just kicked us both in the butt. So we got we to gotta get on the horse and start playing this game some more. It's going to be a lot of fun. Join us on the stream. We have some other games sh showing up. We played Sonic on our 24-hour stream, which is going to be one of our later episodes. So check out some Sonic out there. Uh, we have a lot of fun games coming up. Really appreciate everyone understanding that we moved this episode out one extra week. But the next episode will just be two weeks from now, back on the standard schedule from here. Yep. Otherwise... Again, thank you everyone who's joined us so far on the stream, especially on the 24-hour stream. It was really awesome to see you all. It was a great way to spend Chris's birthday. We had a ton of fun. Oh, it was so fun. Keep stop stopping by. We have a lot of fun on stream, even if it's not all four of us. That'll happen <laughs> again. We are definitely going to try to plan stuff for it again. But for now, 
it's going to be coast to coast as we do it, which is also a lot of fun. So GWGW show on all your social media on Twitch. Come join us. We'd love to hear from you all. It's been a lot of fun. Huge shout out to all of our followers on Twitch and social media. The the interactions with you guys has been phenomenal. Like it's it's been a blast to talk about these games with other people and just have great conversations. Big shout out to our producers for all they do behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, you know, making sure we're doing the right thing, keeping us fed, keeping us on schedule. We definitely couldn't do it without them as well. Yep. And as always, thank you for listening. We're on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave us a review. We'd love to get some reviews and talk about some reviews. Pass us on to your friends. Anyone you know who's nerdy stuff, we'd love to keep growing this awesome community we've already formed. We love that we have a community. Uh, Keep growing this community. We want to keep growing. We want to make it bigger. And it's been a lot of fun so far, so let's just keep it going. Uh, But that wraps up today's episode, so say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Bye, everyone. I doesn't afraid of anything. You guys are jerks!